Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 41, and I'm joined by my son Ephraim, and we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film, but I think I've only seen it once in the theaters, and even though I've owned the extended edition for... I don't know, 10 years or however long it's been out. I don't think I ever watched it. I watched the special features. And this is... Ephraim! You have not seen this movie, right? No. No, but but you've read the book. Yep. We just finished it the other night. Yep. Uh, and you've seen the other two movies in this series. Uh-huh. As well as The Hobbits. Yep, yep. So yep, this yep. this episode will probably touch on all of the films in the yeah, series Yeah, we're going to so talk about all of them. Yeah, to some extent. It's like, it's going to be pretty... It's going to be probably a little long, right? That's okay. We'll try to keep the intro yeah. short because we're about to watch a four and a half hour movie. Yeah. Well, so, well, the end credits is half an hour. I don't think we'll watch the end credits. Yeah. So what, um, I remember after you finished watching The Two Towers, you were kind of annoyed by something. Do you remember what it was? They didn't cover all the book. Yeah. They, they covered like half the book. Because it ended at Helm's Deep and Helm's Deep is yeah. not the end of the book. But Helm's Deep was like chapter five. Yeah. <laughs> just in book one, in book um, three. Yeah, so for you, who had just finished reading this book, and it took a long time to read the book, right? Yeah, I, we, we read and it then at I'm night. pissed off because, <laughs> because like, because then I'm like, wait a second, I need to wait like a few, like a, another four months or something like that <laughs> to. To watch the other half of the two towers. Yeah, you're pretty so mad. So basically, half of this is going to be the two towers. Yeah, but you also got to remember they cut out a lot of stuff too, right? Ah, yeah. Uh, oh, and they're going to make a Lord of the Rings TV show. I know they just announced that this week, so that's exciting. Amazon spent a lot of money. They sure did. And they and they've only spent a little bit in production. I don't know how much... I don't think they spent a penny in production yet. Wow. It'll be interesting because they said it's a prequel series, but I imagine that if it does well, they'll uh, slowly turn it into a Lord of the Rings series. Like, it'll well, start off as What do they mean by prequel? Like, it takes place before. Oh, like in the middle of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings? Yeah, in between. Kind of like Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, so... So what, what, so what are you expecting to see in uh, this film? Well, I'm expecting to see the two towers. Yeah, the end of that. Here's a better question for this, because you do know the story. You've read the book. Yeah. What are you expecting them to cut out? Oh. Well, I know they cut it out Tom Bombadil in the first one. Yeah, you were really upset about that. Um, I didn't really like Tom Bombadil. So you were okay with it? Yep, I was okay. Okay. I, I didn't want to waste half the movie of watching Tom Bombadil with Okay, them. fair enough. What are you expecting them to cut out in this, given that um, they've got basically a book and a half to, to... Although Return of the King is the shortest book, so... Yeah, it's like this little... There's also that. Because um, I haven't seen the extended, so I don't know what they've added in. I know the, the one complaint people had when this movie came out was that it felt like the movie had 12 endings because they kept on wrapping up all the storylines. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I know the, the one thing I don't think will be in it, and I don't remember it from the theatrical, and I hope this doesn't spoil anything for you. What? Um, but I don't think Aragorn will become king. They kill him off. Really? In the movie. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey! No, I don't think they'll have that ending where they come back and they have that battle in the Shire. Really? I don't think that's part... I think they try to make the climax basically the, the fighting in Middle Earth and they come home and everything's fine. Okay, that, now that's lame. Because <laughs> because I like battles. I don't like just, like, talking and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, the movies I'm going to show you when you're a teenager are going to be very different from these. Yep, I think so. That's okay. We'll be more into it then. Uh, they might have it in this, though. I don't know, because the movie is longer. Yeah. But I just feel like that feels like yeah. not as big of a battle. And so it's when you're making a movie, you don't want to have a giant big battle and then have something smaller at the end of it, right? It just feels like it's going on and on and on and on. So I could see that not being in the movie. Um, apologies if you hear the rain. We, uh, yeah, it's, it's raining. raining right now. We're up at the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, like always. Like always. All right, so we should just get into it. Yeah, but but we need to tell the story of the um, fellowship and the stuff like that. And well, didn't we don't need to talk about all that kind of uh, stuff. What's your favorite stuff you've seen so far in the um, movies? Um, Helm's Deep. Uh, maybe in Moria. Like the Moria stuff, and you—it was pretty special. It was like Back to the Future. You got to see the uh-huh. fellowship the first time with an orchestra. Yeah, um, it was awesome when I did that. It. But the bad thing about when when um, we were watching Back to the Future is that you didn't start the podcasts yet. That's true. I'm sorry. I know. That would have been good for you. There's a, there's a lot of movies I wish uh, we had done for the podcast because yeah. because you it's hard to find p- people my age that haven't seen some of those movies. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. But there's, trust me, there is a mountain of movies. That you still need to like see. basically all your movies downstairs? Yeah. The big the wall of movies are open to you, and we'll start watching more and more of them as you get older. Okay. All right. So let's watch a movie. Wait. A four-hour movie about walking. The end of a walking trip. I know. It's more than just walking. Well, well do you know what I didn't like about the, um, about the books? What? Too much walking. There's a lot of walking. I remember when we were reading Fellowship, about 100 pages in, you asked me if they were going to stop walking soon. <laughs> oh, right, I remember <laughs> And I that. just laughed really hard <laughs> because they never stopped walking. Um, well, wait, how did, why did we start reading these? Well, I just thought it was a good book at bedtime for you to read. And then I liked it? Yeah, and then you're into it. Yeah, man! No, we need, need to find a new book series, don't we? Yeah, which is actually pretty sad because I like these. It's okay. You can reread these as a teenager when you get older. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's watch a movie. Bye-bye. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we're finished. Yeah, we're finished. That was long. Did it feel long, though? Mm, I'm not sure. Did you find yourself getting bored at all? No. No. I like, For a four-hour and ten-minute movie? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I Well, th- to be fair, we did take a break for waffles in the middle. Yeah, so it's like... 11 o'clock right in the morning, and we, and we started five hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> we took a... It took us... It was a, an outgoing take, or... Uh, what yeah. am I saying? It was a... This, this weekend might be the best weekend in the world, because we're <laughs> going to a Marley's game. 
We're just chilling down and relaxing. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. So let's talk about the movie, though. So... It's... it's They didn't really, um like... Like, by the book... Oh, wait. Um, be, you should... Um, you You're should, so excited you now. You should not... You should not listen to this if you don't want any spoilers. Yes. That's a good that's a good note to give. Uh, so let's talk so how did it open? Um like maybe like 500 years earlier. Something like that. Yeah, it started with yeah. the story of Smeagol and how he became Gollum, really. Uh-huh. You see but, that. but when he was becoming Gollum, that was kind of creepy. Oh yeah, as you're seeing him age and deteriorate. Yeah. It's like that's really creepy. Yeah, but I think it's and it's interesting because they actually tell that part yeah. of the story in the first book. Yep. But they saved it for the third movie. Yeah. And I think that was important because it's there's a nice parallel between that opening and him killing Smeagol, or him killing Deagle. I think Deagle is yeah, his brother's Deagle. name. Um, him killing him, and then the parallel towards the end of the movie when they're battling, when it's Gollum versus Frodo and Sam and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And which they actually didn't um do in the um in the book. Yeah, they do. No, 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 no. Um uh which they don't do in the book. Um they um um Gollum didn't crumble um crumbs on Sam in the book. No, they didn't. They added that part. They to... Yeah. They added that part where Sam gets left behind for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do that in the book. But I think that's a good addition in the movie. I, like yeah. the, I think that worked really well. There's not a lot they leave out, is there? No. There's a lot of little side characters, um, like the people that are inside Gondor and mm-hmm. Minas Tirith and places like that. But you don't really need any of that. You know, mm-hmm. They kind of collapse the action down so that you see when yeah. it's going back and forth. And they don't have the scouring of the, sh- of the Shire at the end. Yeah. Where they come back and the Shire has been overtaken by a Sauron. Uh huh. And Stormon gets killed at the very beginning. Yeah. So as soon as we saw him dead, it's like, well, I guess they're not going to do the scouring of the Shire. Yeah. Which we, they don't really need to do. No. By that point, we've seen enough battles. We just want to get home. We just want it all to be finished up and wrapped up. Yeah. Although, if they're going to do the Lord of the Rings TV series, I would love to see the scouring of the Shire. Sure. Include just it. Include it. Boom. Yeah. So, uh, what was your favorite part? Um, I'm not sure. I liked when, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Eowyn? Yeah, battled. Yeah. Battled the, the, the witch? Um, no, the witch king? Just, she, just her battling in general? Yeah. What's that great line she has when the, the witch king is like, no man can, de- can destroy me. I'm no man. And then she takes her thing off and she stabs him in the face. How does that feel? Feel. Yeah, exactly. And then Mary's just like, washing. She's awesome. She also chops off the Nazgul's head. Yeah. Right? Well, that's the dragons. I think that's what the Nazgul are. I think the Nazgul mm-hmm. are those creatures. Dragons? Yeah. Like this? Ah! Yeah. That's, she has a great moment in this movie. Yeah. Right? Although she gets to battle a bit in the book, but she definitely has more of a presence in the movie. I when think. does she battle in the book? She's part She's there. Like, I remember when we were reading, there's a, they talk about how she's lying in the battlefield beside Theoden. Oh. Okay, what else is great? That. There's, um, that, there's that great death. Denethor has that great death. When he's oh, on, yeah. He's a ball of fire and he runs. He's a ball of fire. He runs and then he jumps off the moon. 
He jumps off like this mountain the, thing. Oh, the top. Well, the top of Minas Tirith, right? Yeah. And he just his body just flails. <laughs> you don't see him land, but you don't really need to. He's on fire, and he just jumped from a thousand stories high. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. He's you, not gonna make it. <laughs> don't know why he did that. Well, he was. He didn't think they were gonna win. He. But they did. They sure did. What a battle. Yeah. Did you like how it was laid out? Because in the books... They didn't do that much of actual Return of the King in it, right? Well, the story in Return of the King is pretty small in the books, really. There's yeah. a lot of stuff in between all of the big points. They kind of... What they do in the is they just take out all the filler stuff where people are walking around and talking a lot, and they just really condense yeah. all that. You know? Because um, you don't really need all that stuff. You get a lot of it. You, you can and you, and you add any of the elements you need from that into the scenes that already exist, uh -huh. the key turning point scenes. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of characters we're following at this point. You know, there's Faramir, there's Denethor, there's Théoden, there's Amor, there's Eowyn, there's Aragorn, Daddy, there's Gimli. Was, um, but, oh right, yeah. The only real character that kind of gets the shaft in this is Arwen. What do you mean? Well, we barely see her. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. We just find out that she's somewhere dying and that her fate is tied to the ring. Which is not that way in the books. Uh, yeah. Remember, Elrond comes at one point and he's like, and tells Aragorn that her fate is tied to the ring. Uh -huh. So basically, if the ring isn't destroyed, she will die. Uh -huh. Yeah, but that's kind of random and uh, weird. It doesn't make and any then, sense. Um, and then Elrond, but then why did Elrond re, um, reforge the sword? So that he could be the king. Because that was the king's sword. That was the, that was his. Is it Arathorn? Is the old king that he descended from, Aragorn? Because that was the king's sword. That was the sword that that was broken when fighting um, Sauron the first time. Uh huh. And that cut his cut the finger or the ring finger off. Right. So uh -huh. they reforged it so that Aragorn could take his rightful place as the king of Gondor. Washing. Yeah. Yeah, and that was yeah. a great moment too, when the dead come along. Yeah. And they're like, hmm, nobody's on this boat, and then and then they just jump up, and they're like, oh, we can battle you. And then. <gasps> yeah, they just kind of. It's a bit anticlimactic when they come through because they just basically walk through and everyone's gone. Yeah. <laughs> they take over really quick. Well, you don't really see the guys like go down, right? No, you see, but they just. It's like a green mist just goes over the whole castle, the whole battlefield, yeah. and then it's over. Yeah. That said, though, that's not the final battle. They still have to battle at the gates of Mordor, right? The Black Gate. There's a Lego set that's called the Battle of the Black Gate. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Nice. I don't know if they sell it anymore, though. I saw it at Swag Sisters. Oh, really? Yeah, I wanted it. Well, we'll have to go check it out next time we're there. Yeah, we have to see if they have it. That'd be a good one. Although it wouldn't have Frodo and Sam, would it? No. No. But that's still good. That's it's still good. Does it come with thousands of minifigures? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would have to, to to give you an accurate. Uh huh. But it but it probably would give you like maybe two <laughs> soldiers on each team. That's it. Um, that's what um that's what they usually do in Lego sets. That's true. Uh, so let's talk about let's talk about the movies in general. Like, so what did you think in terms of? The overall adaptation from the the books into the movies. Um, Did things look different than you expected them in your head? Uh, well, 
really. Things yeah. happen faster, right? Yeah, things happen faster. Right. It only took four hours to watch the movie as opposed to four months to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And think and it take and you really get a sense of time passing over the over the books. You get a yeah. sense of like weeks and days um, and months. Well well, Bilbo is really creepy at the end. His makeup? Yeah, his old makeup? Yeah. Yeah. It's really creepy. It's pretty creepy. I like... It's interesting when you when you watch it, especially watching it, like, projected large mm-hmm. with Blu-ray, you really see kind of the tricks that Peter Jackson does, which is interesting. Like, you can really tell when he's using the... the uh, the little people as as the stand-ins for the hobbits. Mm-hmm. Like when they're probably walking beside like Gandalf or somebody tall, right? Yeah, well, just the way they move is very different from how the actors who play the hobbits move and that kind of stuff. And sometimes you can see their faces. And there's other times, too, where you're in a wide shot and their mouths are moving at a different spot and it's clearly a different place in the scene he's taking that shot from. There's just some little tricky, little stuff where... It's it's just fascinating to me because you have this movie that's just this epic scope with all these extras and all this CGI and everything else, and then there's still these little imperfections like that inside the movie that they can't quite get right. Well, it's per- it's a pretty good movie for the early 2000s. Oh, sure. No, it's great. It's great. I just love... There's a charm to it that I think exists. Um, you know, there's a bit of cheesiness to some of the bits. Like, there's that whole sequence when Frodo wakes up after being rescued by the eagles, where everyone's just laughing, just la- and it just but it doesn't feel authentic laughter. It just feels kind of a bit forced, don't you think? Yeah, I don't think it's actually their voices laughing. Well, it's their voices, but it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel organic. It feels forced that they're. You been know, t- in the second Star Wars, in the original, um, in the original movie, you know, um, you know when. Um, Luke's in Dagobah, and he's like, I don't, I don't think he even exists when he's looking for Yoda. When he's talking to Yoda, or before? Before. Yeah. Um, his mouth doesn't move, but the voice is talking because he just, and then and then, uh, and then they just put like they just black out his mouth, like to. Make it look like he's talking, but he's not. Oh, I never noticed that before. Next time I watch it, I'll keep an eye out for that. I think it's in all of them. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that happens sometimes in movies. There's this thing sometimes what happens is the the actors um, slur the words a little bit or don't say it quite right, or they add a line. So it's called ADR, which is called additional dialogue recording. Uh-huh. And so they'll sometimes add that into the movie. Yeah, so they'll just be like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll just like I. I guess Ephraim's he, mouthing right now. You can't see. Yeah, him. <laughs> um, they'll just be like maybe like uh, like pretending to talk, but they're not. Yeah, or they're just, or they needed a line that wasn't quite in there, and so they'll they'll cut to a wider shot and just put it in in the mouth of the actor after because they realize they didn't get the line. That happens in movies sometimes. Yeah, and, and then the actor's like. Or the sound quality wasn't good. And then the actor's like this. Yeah, because there's <laughs> yeah. also there's planes flying over all the time. Even in a movie like this, there's someone whose job... Remember we were watching the making of, of The Fellowship? And there's someone mm-hmm. whose job it was just to watch for planes going over? Uh-huh. Because that would just wreck the whole thing, right? Well, you can record, re-record the dialogue, but then you've got to... But that would, that would be harder. It's harder. It's better to get clean sound if you can. 
But it's just interesting on a, on a movie with this big of scope, they still have the same problems as like the stuff I make, where you still got to deal do, with planes. Do you have somebody who um, has to deal with planes? No, we don't have someone whose only job is to, to look out for planes. I wish. No, we just, the sound recorder just kind of tells us if he hears a plane coming. And then when it's safe, start recording the sound. And you do your best. Sometimes, if you're doing a long take in a scene, all of a sudden a plane will fly through while you're doing it. So you just... That sucks. Yeah. So as long as the sound isn't too bad, you just keep going and then know that you still need to get that part of the scene. Or know that you're going to do a dialogue replacement if you have to. It happens. If you're, like, running out of time. If you're running out of time, or if the performance is really good, or the shot's really good, and you don't want to lose it, you could decide to know that, okay, we'll have to do dialogue recording after that. Or you do another take, and hopefully it's clean, and then you can use part of one take, and then part of that middle. Little tricks we do. Yeah. Uh, so, in the end, who's your favorite character in Lord of the Rings? I'm not sure. Maybe Pippin. Maybe Pippin? Yeah, Pippin. Why Pippin? He's so funny. He's pretty funny. He's the funniest hobbit. Yeah, and he's the bravest hobbit. Well, I would say the bravest, but he's pretty brave. He, yeah. has, he has quite the arc, Pippin, because he starts off as a really goofy one, and by the end he's trying to save Faramir, right? Mm-hmm. He's taking it very seriously. Um, yeah, I like him the best. I love Gollum a lot. I think Gollum's a great character. Yeah. Um, what did you... What didn't um, what did you remember? What didn't you remember about this? Oh, I don't know. When I the last time I saw this would have been when it first came out in the theaters, which was like two thousand three. So yeah, it's over ten years. Ago. Oh God, is that long ago? Yeah. Was that when the third one came out? Yeah. Jesus. So it's been close to fifteen years since I've seen the like movie. Fourteen. Wow, they have been out for a long time, uh, and I never. That's s- why it's good to do a podcast. It's true. It. And I, and I don't think I ever actually watched the extended version myself, just because it's four hours long, and it was hard to find time to do that kind of thing. But I did watch most of the extended the features, the bonus features, and how they made it, and I thought that was really fascinating. Um, so, um, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, so what did you forget about it? Well, we just read the book, so a lot of it came back, any of the stuff that I forgot about it. Uh, I don't know, and I'm trying to remember what wasn't in the original cut. There's the great, great scene where Legolas takes down that elephant all by himself. Uh-huh. And then Gimli tells him that it still only counts as one. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Because they're always counting each other's kills. Yeah. Uh, the drinking contest, I don't think was in the movie. It's not in the book for sure, and I don't think it was in the original cut of the movie. Yeah, Gimli's just like... Mm. Yeah, and then Legolas is, is just standing up going, I think I feel a little bit... Yeah, but I like that they add that kind of stuff. It adds like a, like a camaraderie to their characters, and it gives you a sense yeah. of their friendship. Uh, yeah, you don't get a sense of what happens to them at the end. They're the only ones that really you don't don't get an epilogue. Yeah, maybe they just stay. I think you get a sense that they stay friends and they travel around with each other. I like that idea. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite amongst the three movies? Sure, I like them all. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I guess it's kind. Of, it would be boring if you just like see the. If you because I think the fellowship's the most boring right, right now before for me because I've seen it the most. Right, so you're used to it. So, and it's just walking. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's a lot of walking. Uh, I think for me, it's hard to separate them 
in terms of thinking of them as separate movies and do you like one more or the other because they all kind of build together and it all feels like this really big grand design. Okay. I mean, it's easy to say that the third one's the best because yeah. it has the most action, yes. the most climaxes, the most emotion to it. Um, my friend Jack said it's his favorite. Yeah, that makes sense. It was the one that they gave best picture to at the Oscars. Um, but that's also because you get the sense that they're kind of giving it to the whole trilogy in a way, right? Yeah. But also, it's rare that uh, a big action movie or franchise gets a Best Picture nomination, let alone an award. You know? Because uh-huh. really, the acting isn't overly stellar. You know, the acting's not bad by any means, but none of the actors are giving career best performances in the film. You know, what they're asked to do is pretty, not cheesy, but... Peter Jackson's in The Desolation of Smaug. Yeah, he plays one of the characters. You can see him. Uh Uh-huh. He's just munching on a carrot. (laughs) So funny. He's just like... (sighs) Yeah, the Hobbit... Well, let's talk about the difference between the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, well, there's not that much of... Well, uh... Well, we were going to do a podcast for The Hobbit. Yeah, we never got around to it. Yeah, we did the first part, but never did the second part. Yeah, and what did you think? I mean, The Hobbit movies, I don't mind them. I I like them more than I thought I would, but they definitely feel like different movies. Yeah. They don't quite... They they kind of feel like a different, like... Like a different... Like a different world, kind of. Yeah, they're a bit more kid-like in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't quite have the the grand epicness of Lord of the Rings. But but I like how um, Legolas stands on um, dwarves' heads. <laughs> well, that's before he respects the dwarves, right? Uh-huh. He's yes. not a friend of dwarves yet. Yes, he's el- He's an elf. And elves and dwarves don't get along. Yep. Yeah. So do you think you'll revisit these movies in the future? Of course, dude. Yeah, they're like one of my favorite series. Yeah. Now we gotta find something new. Uh, we'll figure we'll it just out. Read these again. <laughs> Maybe we will. Or you can start reading them on your own. You're a good reader now. Boo boo boo. It will take me like a, like two years to read the first book. <laughs> It'll take a while. There's a lot of big words. Like I'll be like, what's this word? It's true. I'll, I'll just skip it. Just skip it out. Sound it out. You can skip the songs for the most part. Yeah, I don't think this um this. Um, like the only song, and I don't even know if it was a song that was in the book, that's in the movies, is the one that Pippin sings when they're all riding off to, to battle and they all die, except for Faramir. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the grossest part is that they just throw back the heads. Oh, when after they come back, yeah, they, they launch them over the... <laughs> they launch the heads. Ugh. Well, there's that great sequence. That sequence is so good when, um, when like, Pippin's singing and they're all riding to battle... And Denethor is just munching on that food and cracking bones and eating little cherry tomatoes and they're bursting in his mouth. Well, why does he do that? Well, they're just, they're just juxtaposing it to get a sense of just how gruesome and grisly those deaths are going to be. And kind of also how he doesn't care. Like, Denethor is probably one of the worst characters in the, in the movie. Yeah. Not, not as in that he's a bad character, just in the uh-huh. sense that he's a terrible human being. Yeah. He's just like... <laughs> Oh, I don't care that. Ugh. Just saying they're ripping the food apart with his hands and slurping. It's just so... It's just such a strong... Yeah. Strong character. And and you just hate him from the mm-hmm. get-go. 
And so you don't feel too badly when he burns to death. Yeah. Of his own That's ambition. That's his fault. Yeah, it's no fault. We don't feel bad for Denethor. Nope. We do not. No. But pretty much, did you expect when we were... I know when we were reading the book uh, and it came to the part where you think Frodo dies, you were pretty shocked. Uh, like in the two towers? Yeah. Like at like the last sentence, basically? Yeah. You were pretty upset when you thought that Frodo was yeah. dying. And then you were so excited when he came back. Frodo was alive, but he was with the enemy. Yeah, that's, that's the end of the... It's interesting, because really, the, it takes... There's not much of the, the Return of the King, Frodo and Sam story in this book at all. They really condense that down, don't they? It's, it's yeah. a lot of... like They don't even get to Shelob um, until about halfway through this movie. And that's yeah. still part of Two Towers. Yeah. But I think the grand design they took for where to where to lay the stories out works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to parallel what's happening in the Aragorn story and the story of everyone else mm-hmm. along time, kind of what was the timeline of where Sam and Frodo are at. So I think it makes sense that they do it the way they do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is there anything you didn't like? Sure. Um. The wait. Just so you know, the cheesiest movie I've ever seen is the Ewok movie, the first one. <laughs> yeah, we watched that the other night. It was not great. Yeah. <laughs> You're just in there rolling your head at some points, going, "What is this?" It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's we, really bad. We considered doing a podcast for that, but then it just would have been us complaining about it and making fun of it the whole time. Yeah. And who needs that in the world? Let's focus on positive things. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other any other thoughts? What's your favorite character in this uh, in the series? Yeah. I like Gollum a lot. I think he's great, just because he's kind of the most complex character. If there was an actor that deserved uh, acting recognition in this movie, it would be Andy Serkis for Who's Gollum. That? He does Gollum. Right. Just because the uh, the voice. The, well, just everything. The movement. He's doing all the movement. You know, those scenes where he goes back and forth between the characters are, are so s- slick. Uh, the only thing I didn't love about his is that opening when the voice of Smeagol is pretty close to the voice of Gollum. Not that it shouldn't be a little bit, but it's already kind of in that creepy realm. I would have liked it more if he was kind of a regular person. And then we saw the voice evolve as Gollum evolved. You know what I mean? I didn't like that as much. I wish that... He'd have had more of a, a regular voice. Yeah, when and he w- Smeagol's creepy anyway. Well, that's it. Smeagol as a hobbit was already kind of creepy. It's not that big of a, a stretch to see him becoming Yeah, but when corrupted. he's becoming Gollum, that's creepy. Right, but also, you know, I kind of find it strange that it takes a while for the ring to overtake everyone else. Somewhat, especially the hobbits, because they kind of establish that hobbits are of a stronger character or build, and the ring doesn't strong, as strongly affect them right away. So for it to, you know, cause him to murder his brother within moments of seeing the ring for the first time, it feels a bit of a stretch. Well, I guess he wants it. No, he wants it, but just given how the rules of of the movie world that they've established, it seems that hobbits can withstand the ring a little bit more. Uh, but Smeagol. But maybe that just shows that Smeagol was a weaker character. Not as a character, but weaker in character in the sense that 
he was already kind of selfish and already a bit scheming. And so the ring was easier to, to corrupt him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about that shot, that close-up where you see him eating the fish? Is that gross? Yeah, kind of. Does that make you want to just run out and, and find a raw fish and just take a bite out of it? No. No, not so much? Just wants to make me vomit. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, do you have any other further thoughts? Do you? No. Uh, I, I, I really, really enjoyed rewatching it. I was really excited to, to do this and spend half our day <laughs> watching, watching Return this of the King and talking about gonna it. It's going to be relaxed. It's going to be a nice, fun weekend. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Thanks for joining us for Return of the King and a general talk about Lord of the Rings. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter, at Lalon Jeremy. And on Facebook, check out Black Hole Films. Leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.